We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Get ready. It's time for... Operation Late Night Excitement. Top rated late night radio. The awesomest night of all time. After dark. It's Late Night with Hancock and Kelly. You deserve a fun night. On KMOX. You know how long I've been waiting to do this? Guess who's out of town, huh? Oh, (laughs) Hancock's not here. Oh, one of those rare trips outside of St. Louis, blah, blah, blah. Hey, it's Michael Kelly, and sitting in with me for Hancock and Kelly Late Night is my good pal, Braxton Payne. Hello, BP. Good evening, everyone. Uh, Hancock, not here. He's out of town. He's in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He's uh, delayed um, and uh, unable to make it to tonight's show. So fortunately, Braxton, you were a pinch hitter and, and, and came in to help save me. Yes, and I, th- I think it's going to be a good show because, you know, we get along and we have a lot in common, believe it or not. You know, Hancock, you know, it's baseball, politics, baseball, snooker, his, snooker and his uh, grandchild. And his new grandchild. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, by the way, uh, Matt Pajeski behind the board is going to do the job that he always does for us. Uh, we have never been had access to this program before, but you folks out there can also text us at 314-436-7900, or you can call in to 436-7900 and get in on the show with Braxton and I. Braxton Payne, I was not around this weekend. Uh, I uh, wound up taking the television show off on Sunday. I went to New York City to see Dead and Company at the Mets Stadium. First of all, two thoughts. Number one, Mets Stadium. Wow, what a spectacular place that is. Yeah, it's a it's a great location too, really. If if you're you know it's right there by the airport. So if you, when you got in late on Thursday on Friday and saw the concerts and hop over to City Field from uh, LaGuardia, which we're going to talk about here a little bit later. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about airports and what a dismal failure ours is. Uh, <laughs> and anytime you travel. Uh, Pajeski, you just got back from out of town, and and you see what the airports are like in other cities. It, it it really helps you to remember how far we have to go in St. Louis. But you're exactly right, Braxton. I hopped in an Uber, and in less than five minutes, I was at City Field. Had no idea that City Field is right next to Arthur Ashe Stadium, where they also hope host the U.S. Open, mm-hmm. another massive facility. As much time as I've spent in New York, I have never been to City Field or to uh, the Open and Arthur Ashe Stadium. You ever been to either of them? And no. U.S. Open's definitely on my list. Obviously, it's Wimbledon number one, I think, then the French Open, then the U.S. Open. But, I mean, looking at the U.S. Open just last year, I mean, there was there was empty seats. Apparently, it's not that expensive to actually go to if you go to the early rounds, obviously, if you go to the right. final or the final four or whatever it is. 
Um, those are going to be more expensive. I've never been to City Field. Um, that's obviously on on the list. Um, what was your favorite part of of the stadium that made it so memorable? It's just cool the way that it's all enclosed. Uh, it it's huge, but it's you're right on top of. We were sitting in some seats that. Um, down what would have been down the first baseline if you were seeing a baseball game. Um, we were midway up, and let me just tell you, I would have been thrilled to have been watching a baseball game there. You could tell that there just wasn't a bad seat, um, and whenever things got boring, you just look up in the air, and there's constant planes landing overhead. <laughs> Did that affect the sound at all? No. In fact, that you leading up to the concert, we kept thinking, oh, my God, listen how loud those um planes are going overhead but once the concert got started you, you couldn't hear it you're you were in a bubble we never once even noticed that there were planes going over other than when it was dark out the blinking lights it, was there any openers that so they played two nights so dead and company played two nights right two friday nights. and saturday yeah night. so that's the you know, many of the original grateful bed uh dead fans are members uh, so you have bob weir bill kreutzman um mickey hart uh, Phil Lesh is not there, um, and there's a guy named Odell that plays the bass in his part. There's a guy named Jeff. Uh, I'm going to ruin Jeff's name. I called him Jeff Jensen the other day, but that's not it. Uh, who does the keyboard? Obviously, the key, the keyboardist has been there. It's been three or four of those, including Bruce Hornsby uh, for uh, the Grateful Dead. And then sitting in the Jerry Garcia spot for mm-hmm. uh, Dead & Company for the last five or six years has been John Mayer, who... You know, this is the best. Uh, yes, like a whole nother level of talent as yeah. an individual. He's he's not only a great guitarist, but he's really funny. And mm-hmm. I just like his personality. So it makes you even like him even more because he's just he's genuinely just hilarious without trying. He knows he kind of understands uh, how he's kind of come up as like a teen icon. Right. Uh, and then he kind of developed into a serious musician. And then now he's with Dead and Company and he's kind of played so many roles and you know he's only 40 years old i mean he's not yeah. that old well let me I, I put him in the same category that i put like tom brady and hear me out on this mm-hmm. not only is he like incredibly good at what he does for a living john mayer i mean john mayer can play pop music he can play jazz music he can play classical music he's handsome as all get out he's an artist he's talented it's like when 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 they lined up to hand things out, it's like, of course you're the best at everything, and you're a model beautiful. Yeah, and and how he like developed it, like literally, like you know, top twenty songs, and then now he's I'm playing for run through the hall of my high exactly. school, and then literally to go to play with Dead and Company, which is like you <laughs> know a music. jam band. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty you know remarkable transition in general. Obviously, shows his talent as a musician. But, like, I just, when I heard that he was first going to it, I thought, there's no way this will ever work. Uh-huh. Because I still thought of John Mayer as the pop star. Right. And then when he did that, and I've only heard great things from, you know, what I, you know, real deadheads that have been right. fans since Woodstock. And, Jerry Garcia. And, and they're all like, you know, they all have yeah. nothing but, you know, rave reviews to say about him. Yeah. And what is, what's crazy is he came through town, uh, I guess it was last year during COVID. Uh, right at the end of COVID, he came to town, and my mom took me to the concert. My yeah, mother took with, me yeah. to see John Mayer, and he did his concert in three parts. He did, like, his pop stuff. Yeah. He did, like, a jazz session, and he did some other stuff, but uh, including the Grateful Dead. And I thought, how about this? My mom and I are at a concert watching the same young individual, and both 
loving his music. It was really interesting. I was at that concert as well. And to go through the transitions of that and the crowd, like it was interesting because like I'm a, I like to stand at concerts. Uh-huh. I hate sitting yeah, no. no matter who's playing. It, it annoys me. But you had some people during his slower stuff that would sit down. Luckily, we were the last row in like the Enterprise Center, you know, the the first, you know, the section. Yeah, you so were you in could, the fancy section. So, no, no. So, you, so you could stand with yeah. no one behind you the whole time, which was uh-huh. nice. Mm-hmm. But you could see the transition and what you mentioned, you could see the different gen- generations of people get into different parts a little bit more, which, you know, he did play like those three different sets, which were kind of right. cool as well. And it, it wasn't what I was expecting. You know, I kind of expected more like a, I guess what you consider like a rock concert where he's going, right. going all the time. But it, well, there was spots where it was a lot more mellow and just more like, hey, let's. Let's hang out here for a minute. It was cool, too, uh, up at the Dead & Company. First of all, it's New York, right? It's the center of the earth. So you had everybody there. So I saw Al Franken. I saw uh, who was the uh, big basketball player for Los Angeles um, um, who does the play-by-plays now. Uh, anyway, I saw a bunch of celebrities that were there. But what was really cool about being at the Dead concert is there were people who were old enough to be my grandparents. Yeah. And people young enough to be my nieces and nephews. Uh, there was this family of four right next to me, immediately to the right. And the daughter was into the dead music. She was 20. Mm-hmm. And she had brought her parents, and they loved it. And it was just so cool. I mean, rarely do you go to concerts where everybody doesn't look the same right. or are all <laughs> the same age, yeah. right? And I think with with the dead and company, what, what you're experiencing is a lot like my generation's Dave Matthews. You know, when you go see Dave Matthews, when I was growing up, you know, I was in high school when right. they were huge. Right. Um, and so you had people that were so in their 20s, 30s, you know, so like would they <laughs> continue to be huge? And then now when you go, we, we've been to several Dave Matthews concerts together and you see that you see the the 70-year-olds, but then you also see the high school kids. Yeah. Um, and Dead & Company is unique in that way. You know, like I like a lot of different types of music. I mean, I think you know this about me. I go uh-huh. anywhere from country to EDM, which country. is electric. Like break. this weekend, I went, I saw Train this uh-huh. weekend at uh, Riverport or whatever it's called now. Hollywood. Hollywood. And that was, you know, Blues Traveler and Jewel opened up for him. Really? Yeah. And it was And, it was and the a big fat show. guy from Blues Traveler is no longer fat. Yeah, he's a little bit skinnier now. And he yeah. plays a harmonica like yeah. nobody's business. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, we, John Popper is his name. So we actually made it that, you know, normally sometimes for the openers, we try not to get there. You know, we don't need to get there early but i was like we got to see blues traveler and jewel was actually really amazing live i mean mean, the best song for sure and then on sunday night i went to the factory out in uh out in chesterfield great venue where's it in chesterfield what what kind of concert uh so i went to it's edm so electronic Uh dance music so it was a Mm -hmm. complete opposite all in one weekend how can you be a, a, a hillbilly music lover and an edm music lover uh, that's what happens when you have the one of the most well-rounded personalities ever. He's Braxton Payne. I'm Michael Kelly. We got rid of one John Hancock, but we've kept the most important one. It's John Jr., the sports insider, after this. Game OX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ah, yes. It's time, as we do every time Hancock and Kelly are here for late night. We check in with the NFL insider. His name is John Hancock Jr. He joins us from the Windy City. It's Braxton Payne and Michael Kelly. How are you there today, Jr.? Hey there, Michael and Braxton. I'm doing good. How are you? Fine. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, but your father's not here. He often likes to point out when I'm not here (laughs) because I'm vacationing. But I think it's uh, probably uh, appropriate that we point out that, that he's not here. Yeah, no, I think he's uh, he's somewhere cold. That's all I know. Somewhere cold. Uh, There's no place cold cold on the planet right now. (laughs) Yeah, uh, maybe Alaska. Who knows? What was the temperature in uh, Chicago today? That was about low 80s today. Hasn't been too bad here comparatively to uh, a lot of these other places. How can it be 105 degrees in London, 100 degrees in St. Louis, and it's 80 degrees in Chicago? You know, Michael, I got to be honest. I didn't check the weather today. I walked out early <laughs> to get some groceries, worked from home today, so I just pulled that number. How does working from home feel? Do you like uh, being in the big city and uh, working from your little apartment? Uh, so it's a bigger apartment than you'd think, but there's no central air, which is terrible. Uh, so I got it at one of these terrible window units. Oh, then they go all night and make a ton of noise. Does it help you sleep or does it keep yeah. you up? Uh, it did keep me up, but by now I'm used to it. But I'm moving at the end of the month, so we'll be done with this. Well, Junior, uh, we will often have you on for our Sports Insider segment. You and I haven't had a chance to visit about what you want to talk about today, but I think we should point out that it's the All-Star Game, and if you're listening to us, you must have forgotten the All-Star Game's on. Uh, any thoughts on the All-Star Game and uh, our hero, Albert Pujols, last night? Yeah, so I'm actually watching it right now. Paul Goldschmidt hit a home run first inning, picking up right where he left off, and that was great to see Albert make the second round yesterday. Beating Kyle Schwarber, former Cub, made it all the sweeter. Yeah, I think Albert's going to get a pinch hit tonight. I think they'll give him his final swan song. I guess he's mic'd up for the game as well. Do you like that? Do you like how they're putting microphones on players in the middle of this. You like that, bro? Oh, yeah, I definitely like that. What about you, Yeah, Jimmy? no, I like, I like it, too. They had it on uh, Aaron Judge while he was at the plate. He could hear Garrett Cole, his teammate, talking uh, a little trash about him. He was laughing at the play. It was fun to see. Yeah, what, what, but they've been doing it in games that aren't just exhibitions like this. This is the All-Star game. Everything's obviously special. But I was watching a Cardinal game mm-hmm. the other night where they, I think Harrison Bader had a microphone on him uh, and they were talking to him in the midst of, like, a regular season game. Yeah, no, I like that. As long as the guys know they're mic'd up, it's good. But I could see that being a pain. <laughs> You're mic'd up, you know, make a bad play. you got to watch yourself so the senses don't come in. Yeah, so so we were talking about this earlier, um, about all-star games. You know, I they obviously are pointless for the most part. But I feel like the baseball all-star game is like the most watched. Do you think that's the most watched or do you think the other ones watch? You know, we mentioned the NBA, but I I don't know. I just feel like the MLB is the most watched all-star game. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think the MLB has the most uh, fanfare around it. The NBA, the dunk contest hasn't been what it used to be with the big names. They don't really do it anymore. 
a hockey all-star game is pretty good in the Pro Bowl. I think they got rid of the Pro Bowl because no one was watching it. <laughs> no, they should get rid of it because it what is it? It's dangerous. It, yeah, and they play it like between the playoffs and the Super Bowl, and nobody plays defense. Uh, it's like a game of flag football. I'd, I'd almost rather watch these guys like do uh, American Gladiator style uh, re- obstacle race courses than go out there and pretend like they're playing football. No, I agree with that. I'd rather watch them play tennis. Can <laughs> <laughs> you imagine watching the big guys? Hey, so the big news, we must talk about it, uh, is Baker Mayfield has really shook, oh, up, yeah. shook up the NFL. He's going from probably one of the very prized uh, franchises <laughs> in football to an even bigger prize of a football team. Give us the latest on the fraud that is Baker Mayfield. Yeah, so you have Baker Mayfield, the number one fraud in the league, traded for a fifth-round draft <laughs> pick. The guy was the number one overall pick, had to cut $5 million off his salary, got it back in incentives to go to the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> now, the Browns are obviously a downtrodden franchise, but they at least have a team that can compete, at least it appears on paper. The Panthers are one of the three worst teams in the league. Uh, and he's, this is kind of his make-it-or-break-it season, assuming he's going to beat out Sam Darnold for the starting job. I think he will, but, you know, you can't, can't guarantee that. Yeah, no kidding. Do you think that they'll have commercials during the NFL this year of showing him packing up and leaving uh, the Cleveland so, Stadium? They, they should. I think Progressive already is cutting their losses on that one, probably <laughs> – would have been better off with Jimmy Garoppolo, who's at least been to a Super Bowl if he's not going to start. And Carolina, you don't have much hope for him there, huh? I have no hope in that team. It's pretty pathetic, honestly, and uh, they're not going to get much better. Can't do much worse than Darnold, but I think they found a way. Excellent. Anything else on football you want to discuss before I take you back to America's pastime? Uh, it's going to be a fun season. My early pick. Is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think Brady coming back, he does it wow. again, and he's out on top. I hope you're right. Uh, I love Tom Brady, uh, and I don't know. I think it's a love that's come later in life. Oh, I, I did not like him when he played yeah. for New England. Yeah, I didn't yeah, much yeah. care for him for same. New England. And But it's it's awesome to watch him, one, come out of his shell a little bit. I know that sounds silly, but uh, he seemed to be under that Belichick thumb up there where he wasn't allowed to show his personality, and now he's showing his personality uh, he's Absolutely. a freak of nature with everything he's eating and stuff. And uh, he's like Tom Cruise. He looks younger today than he did when he f- burst onto the scene. Absolutely. I agree with that. And speaking of uh, freaks of nature, this all-star game just got tied up. Oh, John really? Carlos Stanton. Oh, John Carlos Stanton with a big knock. Uh, so it's tied 2-2. We'll keep you updated on the all-star game. <laughs> we hope you won't switch the channel to uh, where that's being played. But you can put it on in the background just like Junior. Hey, Junior, what about these Cardinals? we got 40 days almost left before the uh, the trade deadline. Uh, do you think we're buyers? And uh, who do you think we're looking at? Yeah, I think we got to be buyers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we kind of limped a little bit to the end. But, you know, we only half came back from the Brewers because they haven't been doing much better at all. Uh, we got to be buyers. Obviously, the pipe dream is going to be Juan Soto, but I don't know if that's going to happen. He turned down the $440 million uh, offer from the Nationals, so he clearly wants to be moved to a contender. He'd be the best-case scenario. Yeah, can we even match money like that? Obviously, he would probably have a better chance of winning with the Cardinals than he would with the Nationals, but I don't know. Does that, that matter the, to this him? This team can even afford to pay a half billion dollars. No, we, we – 
we couldn't afford to pay him, but, you know, he's got a couple more years left on his current deal. Uh, we could certainly make an offer. I think that's fairly competitive for that, but, you know, we wouldn't be able to pay him for the uh, – We'd have to rent him, you might say? Yeah, we would have definitely have to rent him. Uh, Noah Syndergaard's another name, the former Mets standout pitcher. Uh, he's been thrown around. If we could get him to, you know, kind of boost the rotation, I think that would be a big get for us. Well, and uh, and what do you think about our middle relief? That seems to be where most of our trouble is, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely need to shore up the bullpen. Um, Alex Colomb, reliever with the Rockies, he's the name I've seen out there. I think he'd be a big addition uh, for us to be able to get to shore up that bullpen. All right, before we let you go, you did something really cool for your father's birthday, um, and he really liked it. Most of us really didn't understand it. I did. <laughs> But can you can you explain real quickly what you did because it was a really cool thing? Yeah, so that was for Father's Day, I went on Cameo where you can pay uh, kind of C-list celebrities to deliver voice messages <laughs> for people. You know, the real A-listers aren't on there, but you got uh, people like Rudy Giuliani and reality TV stars tend to be on there. But <laughs> Snooky. The, snook, yeah, speaking of Snooky, the snooker world-class announcer John Burgo was on there, and I uh, – paid him some money to deliver my dad a happy Father's Day wish, and he did better than I had been anticipating, and yeah, it went over real well. Yeah, so your dad's been playing this for every, everyone, and anybody who has been around John Hancock and he's forced you to watch a bit of the snooker, you would see on YouTube, this is the this is essentially the Jack Buck, if you will, of snooker. He says, where is the cue ball going? And that's his big line, and everybody seems to love it. Yeah, no, he, he, he did a real bang-up job. Uh, yeah, I was happy with that. I'd recommend, if you like snooker, go book John Virgo. <laughs> he is John Jr. He is our sports insider, kind enough to join us from the Windy City. John, have yourself a great week up there in that 60-degree weather that apparently only is hitting Chicago. No, it's 45 right now. Will do. Take care, guys. <laughs> That's John Jr. We'll continue more after this. KMOX. About to be a great night. Really good tonight. Good evening, people of St. Louis and surrounding metropolitan area and all of you across the country listening to us on KMOX.com. It's Hancock and Kelly. <laughs> no Hancock. How about that? Sitting in with me is Braxton Payne. And uh, Braxton and I work together. We're best pals. I call him my little brother. And uh, I went to the dentist the other day. You been to the dentist lately? Uh, you know, no, not so much. Uh, I did a lot of time in my uh, in my teenage years. You know, I had braces for six years. So <laughs> did it yeah. hurt? Uh, it was brutal. Yeah, I had to get like the palate expander where it expands. You know, your jawline because mine was too narrow, and it was yeah, it was pretty brutal for that six stinks. years. Stinks. And so did they have to like take teeth out to do that or no? So they just have it happen, and then like they severely adjust it with rubber bands. So I wore rubber bands for probably a good two and a half years, uh -huh. and those really hurt because they move your jawline. Yeah. Um, and so you have to like keep care of them, and yeah, it was. It was brutal. I mean, we I had to go every two months to uh -huh. the orthodontist uh, uh -huh. pretty much for about 
three years of that six years. Aren't you glad your parents did it for you, though? Oh, yeah, for sure. I now mean, like, when you look at those pretty choppers. Yeah, and I look at a lot of uh, people that are maybe related to me, and I'm and I see the genetic line wasn't so strong. What, there, do you so. got a lot of British in you or something? Because oh, of the sure Brits don't do. take care of their teeth. When I was over in Ireland, man, those people had summer teeth. You know, the, in, in Britain, though, now they have all their braces are behind their teeth, so they don't even have them like How's in that front. Work? Yeah, so they do it in America now, too, but like they were one of the ones that started it where, you know, you yeah, move. because they were so interested in how <laughs> teeth look. True, but now like with like the Invisalign and everything, but yeah, you were telling me about your dentist. You, you so I seem, went to the dentist. You seem a little bit uh, over cautious about I, I, this I love experience. The, I love this particular dentist, but I, I I hate the dentist. So I go into the dentist the other day, and and the the lovely lady scratches my teeth and does all the things that you do, you know, and suck on this and throw some water and air in there. And uh, as we were dealing with it. She says, I think your teeth are perfect. Hold on. The doctor's here. He's going to come in and take a look at it. So in walks the doctor who, who, who's got a golf shirt on. We bonded on golf. <laughs> and um, he pulls out this little device that was even thinner than, than the device that the lady was using to scratch my teeth. Mm-hmm. And he starts poking it into my teeth. And all of a sudden he goes, uh-oh. Yeah, he pokes each one of them to make sure. Right. Yeah, okay. I said, uh, what do you mean, uh-oh? I uh-oh. <laughs> and uh, he said, well, um, he goes, You're, you have a, a filling in the back here, and it's obviously an old filling because it's silver. I didn't realize that fillings were anything other than silver, mm-hmm. um, but apparently they don't use silver in fillings anymore. And he says, your tooth here is about to crumble. He said, um, I'm going to need to get you scheduled because we're going to put a cap on that. And I said, we're going to put a cap on it. And he goes, yeah. He goes, but no worries. It'll be a month from now. That's when I'm taking appointments. So I schedule something for the middle of August, right? Mm -hmm. So there I am. I'm at the Grateful Dead concert in New York. I'm up. I'm rocking. I'm dancing. Afterwards, the hunger hits me. Mm -hmm. So we go to have a little bite to eat in a city that never sleeps. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking... This quesadilla has got some some gristle or something in it that's uh-huh. that's not good. And so I slowly start pulling out whatever it is. It's essentially my tooth. Yeah. My tooth has crumbled in the and there's filling and um and tooth coming out inside of my quesadilla. <laughs> and fortunately I had had a little liquid courage and I said, Well, it looks as though my tooth is uh, coming out now, um, and to this point, knock on wood, I have not had a lick of pain, no pain whatsoever. That's good. Except when I take my tongue to kind of, you know how you do that, you wipe it across your teeth, it, it, it cuts open my, because it's yeah. it's very sharp and it needs to be done. So I call on Monday morning, I call the people and I said, well, this dentist is a genius unless he did this to me. Um, that tooth fell apart while I've been up here in New York. And she goes, oh, my gosh, do you need to come in now? And I said, no, I don't have any pain. Yeah. I said, but I'm anticipating the pain is going to be coming Mm -hmm. shortly. When is the first time you could get me in? And she goes, well, we got you for the middle of August. I said, I'm not playing this game till the middle of August because I'm a wimp. Once the pain starts, you know, nothing else is going to get done in my life. And so – I'm going in on Monday to get a cap, and uh, they're going to check my, check my I, teeth I out. I mean, when, when you came into the office that day, so you went to the dentist, you came in, uh. and you were like, has anyone here had a cap? I mean, I've never seen somebody so scared about a cap. Well, I, name, I, name another doctor you go to feeling fine. 
You feel perfectly fine when you go to the dentist, and when you leave, you're bleeding and you're hurt. <laughs> Am I right? True. I mean, you're not wrong. Yes. Yes. I mean, but I, I don't think it. That's was, why people don't want to go. Uh, have you had a cap on your teeth? Uh, I've I've had a, like cavities filled in, which are essentially the same thing, yeah. just not the full tooth. Um, I will say though, I do have my wisdom teeth uh-huh. are are pretty much in, and they've been in for years. And you didn't have your wisdom teeth taken out. Never had my wisdom. I can feel them. Like if I put my tongue back there, uh-huh. I can feel both my wisdom teeth are like half in. Can you? Do you get extra chewing out of those? So, so yeah, apparently, but I asked. I, I did ask the dentist about it, and they said you could leave them in because when I had my braces and I had everything that was happening, that it did expand it. That I don't. They're not pushing. You know, because wisdom teeth push your other teeth up, and that's what really why what you need to get them out. What are wisdom teeth? I mean, come on. Well, is that like a relic of our evolution Same as humans? thing with an appendix. I mean, I've had my appendix out. We, we needed an appendix to digest raw meat back uh-huh. in caveman days. We don't need it anymore. And now, I mean, like that's so why we used ruptures. to have more teeth in our mouth than we do now um, when we were cavemen. Yeah, you have like I think thirty-two teeth is how many teeth you're supposed to have right now. And does that include wisdom teeth or no? no? That does not include wisdom. And teeth. then wisdom teeth, there's just a couple on each side, yeah. one on each side, or is there more than one? Well, you have yeah, you have two on each side, one on top, one on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, and I, yours are still there. Or I can feel them. Yeah. Matt, you still got your wisdom teeth? No, I got mine taken out years ago. Yeah. My doctor who took them out was a guy named Dr. Cocaine. <laughs> I'm not kidding. His name was Dr. Cocaine. I was in high school, and I said, Dr. Cocaine, can yeah. I tell people I've tried cocaine after you've done this? And they, they knocked you out for it, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I love the, the wisdom teeth videos online of people that, you know, film them, their reactions after they have wisdom teeth. I mean, it's it's some of the funniest videos yeah. that have ever happened. I would never allow you to drive me to oh, get some would, type yeah. of That's local anesthesia. Choice. Yeah. You have to really trust your buddies, especially like single men. Um, and you've got to do life things. Like I had to go get a colonoscopy. Yeah. There was only a couple of people that I would allow to take me to get a colonoscopy because they're going to screw with you. Your buddies are going to take videos of you talking about your finger built bit Charlie or whatever, you know? <laughs> finger Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think with, like, those types of procedures, first off, I mean, they're more common than we, you know, everyone gets those types of procedures now. And it's just, like, the prevalence of social media has, I mean— I can only imagine when the drugs weren't as regulated as they were and when they give you the real hardcore stuff, you know, at, uh-huh. you know, higher dosage. I mean, when I had my appendix out, um, I was, I want to say 12, uh, thir- How did you know something was wrong? It just hurt? So, yeah, so I went to, I went to the urgent care and I was like, I, I don't feel well. Um, they sent me home and said everything was fine. I just had you're gas. lying. You don't want to go to school. Yeah, it, w- yeah. it was the middle of summer, so. <laughs> I mean, but we were moving into a new house. So I really didn't want to unpack everything. Right. Um, so we went to first we went to my primary, then we went to urgent care. And then we just waited like about 12 hours. Uh-huh. And then I told, you know, my parents, I was like, I have to go to the hospital and I'm 13. So we go to the hospital and they were like, oh, yeah, your appendix is about to rupture. So I went to two doctors and they didn't notice it. Uh-huh. Um, and then once we did that. Um, you know, obviously they take it out there. I was at, uh, I think, you know, Mercy or Barnes or whatever it was. And I remember like them putting the drugs in me to start to go into surgery. Uh-huh. And I remember like feeling, you know, different. A little dopey. Yeah. Very, very vivid. Uh-huh. Uh, then I don't remember anything. Then I wake up in the hospital bed and apparently I was the chattiest Kathy. Did they get to, it on video? To all, no. I mean, this is, you know, we saw Free flip phone. phones yeah. then, you okay. know, like none of us had... But apparently the nurses and the doctors said I just I chatted until they put the mask uh, over me to put me to uh, sleep asleep um, that I just would not <laughs> stop talking. 
I was so worried about my last colonoscopy because they were getting ready to wheel me back. And this is before they've given me the drug. And there's these two beautiful nurses who are taking me back. And my whole mind is like, oh, my gosh, these girls are pretty. Uh, wonder if I could yeah. hit on them, talk to them. <laughs> and then I'm, like, worried that I'm going to be taking the, the – and so the first thing I said when I came out to my buddy, who who I had sworn you can't right. take a video of me, he, I, I said to him, did I say anything bad to those girls? And he said, no, they all thought you were charming, which probably means I probably was like, hey, can I get your number? Yeah, which, I mean, they're probably used to it. I mean, my wife's a nurse. She's seen a lot of, you know, people that have are drugged up. And, I mean, yeah. she, she always tells me, though, when she used to work, I mean, she works in a hospital now, and uh, it's always, the, like, the teenage to, like, 22-year-old guys that always ask to marry her. Really? And that's usually, like, she goes that, and she goes, and then it's the older women are, like, the the two that have, like, very different reactions where it changes their personality, which I always think is interesting. I never had a concern about asking somebody to marry me is one of the things that would have come out of my mouth. But, well, uh, let me ask once. you this. Yeah, I did that once, yeah. <laughs> hey, so you still have your uh, wisdom teeth. Do you go to the dentist, and do they say, like, you won't ever have to get them pulled? Uh, yeah. The, what, the last time I went to the dentist, uh, they said, yeah, you're fine. You don't, unless unless it starts to hurt. They said, you mean this, my one on my left side is pretty much fully in. Uh -huh. I mean, I feel it. And the other one is just like below the surface, but it doesn't bother me at all. Braxton Payne, Michael Kelly. Thankfully, we don't have Hancock, but that would be a <laughs> toothache, wouldn't it? We're back after this. KMOX. I want to run That'd be the aforementioned John Mayer. He's one of the best. I mean, he, he just really is. Yeah. I mean, when I'm having a bad day or a good day, I want to listen to John Mayer. You know who his best friend is? Andy Cohen. Yeah, St. Louis's own. Yeah, the best. I mean, the the king of reality television. And you're like a reality TV nut, right? You're like, yeah, I would you're say. into this Bravo stuff. Yeah, I'm into everything. So, I mean, I watch I'm into everything. I mean, I love. So, I mean, we have a serious job. You know, we, we a lot of times it's, you know, it's constant. You know, we're talking about real things in, in life, especially in politics. And to come home and to have a glass of rosé and just turn off your brain and watch some, uh, you know, low-grade reality television. I consider it high-grade, but many would consider it trashy. I mean, it just—I mean, I grew up on reality television. So, but you like—I got into reality TV shows when they first came out. It was the Survivor-type stuff, right? Yeah. And the Competition American Gladiators shows. and yeah. blah, blah, blah. You're more into the Andy Cohen housewife thing. Yeah, so I, I'm into a, a mixture. So, like, I, I, you know, I grew up on the real world, and then it was, like, the challenge, which was, you know, more the challenge, and then you had... The real world from MTV. Yes. I forgot. That would have been, like, the first real reality TV. Yep, show. so that's what I yeah. used to watch. And then, you know, Jersey Shore started uh, my eighth grade year, um, or ninth... Uh, for, I was No, not eighth grade, excuse me, senior year in high school. Um, is when I started watching Jersey Shore. But yeah, I love, so I, one of the things that I'm watching now, you know, I, I love, I watch all the Real Housewives um, pretty much besides like one or two. I watch the the reality shows that are more like my generation. You're They're talking 25 about like Beverly Hills, Atlanta, New York. Yeah, they got a new blah, blah. one, Dubai now. Yeah, so I, I watch all of those. Do they speak English on that? Oh yeah, the Real Housewives of Dubai, there's a couple British people, like two Americans, two Brits, and then one girl from Kenya. And what do they do? Like, I, I, I've seen oh. some of the, the Beverly Hills or the LA one. 
But in Dubai, everybody's there because they, yeah, I mean they're, they're all they're, transplants. Their husbands have jobs there. Yeah, they're all transplants. There's uh, a lot of it. They work in finance. Uh, two of the women have like very successful. Uh, their entrepreneurs have very successful businesses of their own that they're not married. So they've they've made their own wealth. Um, one's you know supermodel. Um, well, well the, how do they fit the description of the housewife? Because I always oh, thought well, the housewife thing th- that went out the window like season three or four. I mean, even like season one, not all of them are housewives. I mean, from the OC. I mean, you had you had a couple of That'd them. Be that Orange were just, County for those of us who yeah. are new to. Well, uh, yeah, everyone knows what the OC TV. is. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, so well, it's kind of like the OG. Yeah, right? the, the, when that the, the OG was the OC. So there you go. Yeah, but I was so I was I watch a show on on CBS. It's been around for twenty four seasons now. It's called Big Brother. <laughs> it's just a bunch of people sitting around and it's messing with but each other. It's a competition other. show. It, okay. I mean, so they do have co- three competitions a week. You know. But I was thinking, you know, one of the things that I don't understand is like, I, it was my dream five, six years ago to be on Big Brother. I uh-huh. mean, uh, our coworker, Tom, also watches it with me. We have a group text that we talk about it. We watch, there's live feeds 24 seven, so it can always be up. But one of the things that I am terrified about is if I, so like five or six years ago, totally would be on it. But now, if you do anything, even remotely wrong. Mind you, you're being filmed 24-7. If you say just even the wrong thing or you pick somebody wrong for a competition, right. you get canceled. And you don't know it because you have no contact with the outside world until the show's over, which is three months from now. And, like, I, I'm just surprised now, like, with The Bachelor, which is a show I do not watch, or The Bachelorette. And like You don't all, watch The Bachelor? I watched a couple seasons, and then I, you know, it kind of got... I mean, it's, it is obviously too much. I think it's too much for anybody. But, like, I'm just surprised that these shows, number one, are on so popular and that they haven't been, quote, unquote, canceled yet because any of these contestants have to really watch what they say and do, which you should in general life. But, I mean, you know, the Twitter world will take it, you know, if you say the sun is blue and then they'll take it that you're the most awful human being in the world. Right. So you mentioned that um, you would get canceled. I, I just yeah I mean I can provide example on that so yeah what what do they say something rude about someone's sexuality or uh, something hundred uh, percent um or so like the first episode there was a you know they had a random draw and this one uh, guy his name is Pooch which I think is an he's a football coach from Long Island if that just draws a picture there in your mind for you. 24-year-old. He got himself a little pooch, and, does and, he? And, and he had, no, he's like, you know, skinny and ripped like every other reality television uh-huh. star is. But he had to pick uh, three people to join him in this competition. And it was kind of a punishment, right? So these three people were going to be punished. Well, he picked on the basis of who got eliminated first, and they happened to be three women. And so... Oh, uh, he's a sexist. And so Twitter just blew up yeah. that he is a sexist. And, yeah. and all he did was, you know, but like... I that would give me high anxiety knowing that number one he has no contact with the outside world right. for three months, so he's going to come out of this show in three months, and everyone's going to be calling him a sexist. Yeah, but the only people who are going to remember are the ones who actually watch those shows. And but, but the reason that a lot of these people are on these shows is to get social media so and they influencing can be careers. celebrities. So I, I I did watch The Bachelor for a while, and who can blame me? There's lots of pretty people. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, what I thought was interesting about The Bachelor is it reminded me of another franchise that's on television which is uh, Dateline and hear me out on this okay. here's how they're similar okay you watch the first segment of either The Bachelor or Dateline right 
and they get you bought into this is what's going to happen tonight. Oh, yeah. When we come back from commercial. And then when they come back from commercial, so now you got four minutes of commercial. Then they have a two-minute recap yep. of everything that happened in the previous segment. Yep. It was a starry night in St. Charles. Yeah. Somebody was going to go home in a box. Uh, you know, and then they, they recap, and then you get like two minutes of content. Yep. And then they start to preview to you what they're going to show you the next time. And I'm telling you right now, by the time you get done watching these shows, you've watched about eight minutes worth of actual entertainment, and the rest is either a preview or a cap of what's already happened. Could not be more right. That's why, like for Big Brother, we do not watch live because it is literally that thing. So what we do is we skip through all that part. We skip through the entire thing because it is so like a, a you know with commercials it's an hour long right uh-huh. if you watch it streaming with you know the the preset commercials you can get it in about forty five minutes if you watch it when you fast forward through the, the recap all, all and the, the recap preview. stuff uh-huh. you can get it down to about thirty five minutes and so uh, an hour long episode you can watch in thirty five minutes but I will say when I was uh, up in New York at a, a Bravo Con which is a, a like a a, a festival for people that like Bravo. Uh, one of the things that one of the people used Q and A with Andy Cohen, uh huh, and you know people are asking obscene. Mind you, it's three o'clock in the afternoon, and I think everyone has been drinking since about nine in the morning. So the questions Andy Cohen's are getting is just off right. the wall. But I thought one of the most poignant ones was you know they asked him you know why do you always do these previews on all these housewives. And he goes, he goes, well, it keeps you around. You keep watching, don't you? And so that he left it at that, and everyone was like, you know, a little pissed at him, but it was kind of funny. I mean, he's right. You, you continue to watch through that. It's the worst. But I probably would get sucked in, too. I have. I've gotten sucked into The we Bachelor. Mainly because I want to see that girl get thrown into the pool that they've already previewed <laughs> but, they're going to do, and it doesn't happen. But they preview it in the very beginning, and then don't show it till yes! the last five seconds. Braxton Payne, Michael Kelly, we're with you all night. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.